Welcome to Simply Walk the Talk. Our bodies and minds adapt to what we do most of the time. If you want to change your body and mind, you must change what it is you do most of the time. This podcast explores all things health, wellness, fitness, lifestyle, and biohacking. Stay tuned as we explore various thoughts, methods, and experiences from a multitude of conversations between our interesting guests and experts through many fields of work. Sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to Simply Walk the Talk. I'm so thrilled today. I'm excited. I feel like I saved this moment for the end of the day so that I could just vibe out and um, learn a lot, but also, you know, just just vibe with this with this lovely young man that is on the screen with me. And and so, if you're watching this right now, then you would see what I'm talking about. But uh, if you're listening, uh, we have a repeat guest. He goes by the name Dr. Ted Achacoso. And if you want to go back and understand some of the background on Dr. Ted, we, uh, we had him on the show before. It was episode 122. And it was uh, Dr. Ted Achacoso on polymathy. And um, Dr. Ted, in that episode, spoke about uh, home and hope, with his, which is uh, health optimization, the practitioner side, and the, the um, I guess it's the medicine side, right? And, um, and, and it was a very good conversation, and we just really vibed out. And that was kind of my first interaction, uh, major interaction with Dr. Ted. And since then, we've, we've stayed friends, and we've, we've continued to communicate, um, although it's been mostly by, by way of virtual. And uh, yet here we are again. We've uh, we've had some interactions outside of the um, of this of this podcast as well. And some things just have to remain under wraps. But I'm I'm happy to have him back on the show. So everyone, please help me welcome Dr. Ted Achacoso. Please say hi to our audience. Happy to be here, Josh. And if you call me young, then you must be a baby. <laughs> 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 well, I mean, look, you um I guess I guess we we both are are blessed with um with maybe with good good skin and youthful appearance and maybe that's because of all the things that we do, right? Yes, and also um you know, some longevity genes maybe. I mean, my mom passed my mother passed away when she was 93, so you know, it's pretty you know, and 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 my dog uh uh, who is a uh, Shiba Inu with an average lifespan of 12, you know, passed away at 17. And wow. that's because she was in complete hormone management. So, <laughs> of course, of course, of course, Dr. Ted's dog would have, would be on <laughs> some kind of hormonal optimization. She was on an anti-aging regimen. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Um, well, again, as a recap, uh, we talked a little bit about transcriptions and and what you're doing with with blue canatine and and various other 
um, um, molecule makeups there. Um, I know there's a lot of things that that we we've talked about before and we can continue to talk about. But this episode, we wanted to focus on the the idea of health optimization in and and together with the cannabinoid system. And rather than only talking about it from a, a standpoint of disease, we wanted to talk about how it can improve health overall. Right. So this is this yeah. is this is something that I've been sort of an advocate. I've become an advocate and an activist as of late. And it cannabis has become a big part of my life and my career, not just as a fun substance, but but because I've become very intentional about it. And so I figured, why not ask someone who's known as one of the smartest people on the planet to come on and talk to me about this so that we could, so I can, be, can continue to become educated, but so also the audience can learn something from this. So if you're, if you're out there listening right now and you've ever wondered, what is the, the cannabinoid system? What is cannabis? What is CBD? What is THC? How does it all work together? How can it benefit you? How may it hurt you? Then you want to continue listening. All right, Josh, that was a very tall order. I'll try to simplify it uh, because uh, there's so many uh, new studies out there, right, that you have to make sense of. However, um, in health optimization, uh, as I said, we're after the detection and correction of imbalances in the body. So be they imbalance in uh, nutrients or imbalances in hormones, you know, you try to uh, detect them with uh, via laboratory and then you correct them. So, you know, you don't have to guess what vitamins to give and how much because the technology now exists to do that. Now, why don't we extend that now to one of the most important discoveries of the last 30 years? Right, which is the, the, what's called the ECS or the endocannabinoid system. Look, you know, in the 1980s, we were just like, this is your brain on drugs, right? I guess you were in diapers yet in the 1980s, Josh. <laughs> I was born, born in 81. <laughs> <laughs> and, um, you know, this is your brain on drugs and, uh, and there shows egg frying. And, but it isn't like that, you know. Um, we, uh, the mere fact that should have given us pause then is that if these molecules have an effect on us, then there must be a system inside us that is responding to it. And true enough, right? Mm -hmm. uh, um, uh, it was Mitchulam, Dr. Mitchulam, who actually isolated THC first uh, as a plant uh, cannabinoid. And then uh, uh, when they found that the body actually has receptors for this, right? So there are, so the, the, the endocannabinoid system, essentially you can, can uh, think of it as a new system that was discovered in the past 30 years comprised of basically three elements, you know? So there's the endocannabinoid itself, which means the uh, cannabinoids that are produced by your body. And there are two very uh, popular uh, and well-studied molecules there. One is anandamide and the other one is 2-AG. Now, 2-AG is 170 times uh, more present in the body than anandamide. But anandamide is interesting uh, because it was the one that was first studied. It's called the bliss molecule and it's also called the forgetting molecule. Mm. So it's to forgive and forget to have bliss. Right, and uh, <laughs> if you are lucky enough to have traveled traveled to Myanmar, Josh, you know uh, as I have, uh, there is an Ananda temple 
uh, in uh, in Bagan uh, by uh, the, it's a city uh, of uh, of uh, two thousand temples, you know, and around the middle of uh, Myanmar, and you see it as this white. Um, a temple with a gold cap, etc., and it makes you feel blissful being there. Mm. Um, so that's um, that's an end of mine. And then there's a uh, two AG, um, uh, and these are the two uh, most studied endocannabinoids in the body. Meaning we produce them <clears throat> now. Um, what are the characteristics of of this uh, uh, endocannabinoids? And they are what's called a retrograde messengers, meaning, you know, normally when um, a nerve cell fires, right, from your, your uh, descending neuron to the receiving neuron. So it, it fires and the uh, signal is transmitted from descending neuron to the receiving neuron. Now, if there is too much firing going on, you know, um, then... Uh, these endocannabinoids are produced on the fly. So they're not accumulated by body. They're produced on the fly and they back to descending neuron and bind to their receptor over there and say, hey, you know, you're producing too much of the signal. Why don't you quiet down a little bit? Right. Mm. And that's how you see, you know, where this was first, uh, um, it first came out and very publicized in terms of quieting seizures, et cetera, et cetera. Now, this is called retrograde signaling because it goes backwards to the sending neuron to say, hey, you know, this, this is too much signal. So th that's uh, that's essentially uh, the uh, endocannabinoid, right? It's an, uh, a retrograde signaling system. And then the second component of it will be the receptor itself. And I said uh, the receptor uh, resides in descending neuron or a presynaptic neuron for, uh, and there are two types, two main types that um, are discussed. That's a CB1 receptor. And this, uh, this CB1 receptor is like a lock where the endocannabinoid, which is a key, would bind to, right? Uh, and, mm. and then open and, and uh, basically create the, uh, uh, the cascade of reactions uh, that, we now know um, the uh, the cannabinoids too. So um, the CB1 receptor is mainly con uh, concentrated in the brain, right? And uh, the CB2 receptor is mainly concentrated in the immune system, like your white blood cells, right? And it's also found um, um, in your blood vessels, in your heart, in your liver, and mostly your gut, because the gut is also known now as the largest immune system. Now, mm -hmm. uh, as I said, these developments are new, right? This is in the past 30 years. The gut as a large immune system has only been in the past, uh, in the past 15 years, right? That we have considered the gut as the largest immune system of the body. Um, so, so that's the... Um, the, the the receptors that are scattered over and there are additional receptors for example there's what's called a trpv1 receptor which is as really um essential for the study of pain for example mm -hmm. right so these are uh so that's the second component of the endocannabinoid system the first is the endocannabinoid or the key the receptor or the lock right and then um and of course the last component will be the enzymes that um that uh, essentially destroy your um, uh, endocannabinoid or de destroy your key, right? Um, uh, after it's it's used, it will it, it uh, essentially or it, it will create. Sorry, it will it will create the um, the uh, 
the uh, endocannabinoid for you. So what happens, uh, for example, it was just recently found like, uh, and I, I just want to uh, say this ahead of time, is that CBD, which you heard much about, actually this uh, uh, inhibits the enzyme that destroys anandamide, right? So it increases your bliss, it increases your pleasure, mm. it decreases your pain and so on. So, so your anandamide levels go up. So, and that enzyme is called, you know, the, the, uh, there again, there are two popular ones here. The ones that um, synth, uh, that that um, uh, uh, responsible for um, the degradation of um, uh, anandamide is FAAH, and the one responsible for 2AG is MAGL or monoacylglycerol lipase. Right, so you can inhibit this stuff, and you could raise the the levels of your um, uh, your endogenous uh, cannabinoids or your endocannabinoids. Right. Now, so that's the system, right? It's the receptor, the endocannabinoid, and then the enzymes that regulate the, the production uh, and the, uh, uh, the breakdown of the uh, endocannabinoids. Now, where does cannabis come in in this whole thing, right? Exactly. So, so cannabis is actually a phytocannabinoid, phyto meaning coming from plants, right? So it uh, turns out that plants actually make these molecules, phytocannabinoids, and uh, they are uh, they, they essentially bind to the CB1, CB2 receptors, TRPV1 receptors. So they, they bind in there. So which means um, these are exogenous cannabinoids. So you're ex- Exogenous cannabinoids can be either phytocannabinoids, right, um, uh, where these are coming from plants, or um, uh, synthetic cannabinoids, which are the ones been, that have been approved by the FDA for the treatment of epilepsy, for example, mm-hmm. uh, and so on. So these are essentially um, uh, molecules that will also bind to uh, the same receptors as your endocannabinoids do. Right. So, in other words, they augment. So now you're looking at the concept of balance, right? If you do not have enough of the endocannabinoids, now you could actually supplement with phytocannabinoids, right? To right. to uh, essentially balance it. And um, you know, it's it's actually too bad that we still do not have a measure how to measure, for example, anandamide or two HE levels. But um, they there is a trio of uh, diseases that actually usually come together. If you have one, you usually have the other or or uh, all the three together. And that's migraine, right? Uh, inflammatory mm-hmm. bowel disease and fibromyalgia, right? Mm-hmm. So those three usually come together. And what's the common denominator? Pain, right? The common denominator of those three is pain. So, and so, uh, um, uh, Dr. Russo proposed what's called uh, the clinical endocannabinoid deficiency syndrome, right? So it's a CECD, right? So you mm-hmm. have now an acronym ECS, endocannabinoid system, and now you have a CECD, uh, clinical endocannabinoid deficiency. And unfortunately, there's no way to measure this, but they did um, measure the anandamide in the cerebrospinal fluid, the fluid inside your brain. Um, you know, which is done by Spinal Tap um, in, in migraine patients in a small study, and they did find that the anandamide levels were very low. 
So, mm. uh, so now, so now you see that. I hope we can develop better tests for detection because in health organization, right? It's nice if you can detect exactly how much you should give your uh, patient or your client, if you're a practitioner, uh, of how much of exogenous um, uh, cannabinoids you should be giving, right? right. So, so now you could, yeah. So, so. So now you could see that, that that's the trio of diseases, but um, <clears throat> uh, uh, of uh, uh, diseases that you 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 get right. They have usually common denominators like this, and but the bigger question, Josh, uh, which is actually interesting for me because my perspective is always evolutionary. It's like why do we have an ECS? Why do we have an endocannabinoid system? Why do we have it inside our body? What's its purpose? Right? Yes, and yes. It's very old, right? And it's very old. You could see that, you know, um, traces of the plant at the um, uh, mountains, uh, mountain regions of, uh, of Tibet, uh, you know, and, and so on, um, uh, are, you know, uh, uh, we're already there, right? And... So it's, uh, it's really um, uh, very interesting that uh, when I was in Bhutan, you know, <laughs> there was this, like, uh, they, they, um, it's, a, it's a country where they uh, build themselves as like, you know, the happiest uh, country on earth. But it's also, uh, you know, known as where pigs fly because they feed, <laughs> uh, they feed the cannabis to the pigs, right? Because they don't eat. Um, mm. livestock, right? They're they're vegetarians uh, and so on. But but um, it's where I saw this huge cannabis plants going. So um, uh, essentially, there are um, you know when you look at the sources now of exogenous cannabinoids and what they are. So let's take a, the, the 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 what we were. Uh, we are discussing now are the phytocannabinoids, right? What you can give to balance the endocannabinoid system. But before I get into that, uh, I would just like to say to your listeners that it's not necessary really um, that you supplement all the time, right? Uh, because it all starts with a good lifestyle, right? If you actually eat well, and you sleep well, and you exercise, uh, you know, um, and you get enough sunlight, and so on. It actually tends to balance out your endocannabinoid system, right? So, so now, why is your endocannabinoid system there? And the main word to remember uh, is evolution placed it there for what's called homeostasis. So, homeostasis really is not a static thing for the body. It's a dynamic homeostasis. That's why I said that. Mainly, we could use this for balance, right? What's the what? What are the main things that endocannabinoids do, which phytocannabinoids can do for you, right? It can modulate uh, pain, right? And it's known that the runner's high mm -hmm. uh, actually is. Uh, before we thought it was from endorphins, but actually now they think it's coming coming in from anandamide because the other thing that um, uh, the runner high does for you is you become slightly insensitive to pain. Yes. Right? Yes. And I used I, I, I used to run uh, six minute miles and <clears throat> I used to get the runners high and I would chase it, right? <laughs> <laughs> and, and I would chase it because it felt good. And other other parts like, oh I'm gonna I'm gonna run to clear my head. And it does clear your head, right? You have this sense of euphoria and you feel like you can do anything even if you uh, even if you can't. Mm -hmm. Um but uh, for a brief moment there, you have this sense of relief, 
right? But uh, despite afterwards, of course, when when the levels come down, you'll have the the pain of of the run, etc. But hey, uh, for the runners out there, uh, you know, I I know how you feel when you get the runners high. But uh, they're now for looking sure. at instead of endorphins and endomides actually that do that. So um, and in what I, I'm looking at in terms of balance, for example, in in um, in phytocannabinoids or the cannabinoids that come from plants, first let's take a look at THC, right? Uh, there's that's a tetrahydrocannabinol, and the most the most common one that's been discussed that's been shortened to THC is a delta nine tetrahydrocannabinol, right? And this year in the that's already a delta eight tetrahydrocannabinol, yeah, that is that is half as potent, right? Uh, then um, have you tried it? Have you I, have you tried? I haven't, but there's been um, there's a I guess there's a, a company out of Texas, and maybe there's others, but there's a few companies that have kind of found the loophole within the whole uh, legalization of being able to to ship it across the the country or not. Yeah, and Delta Eight is currently able. You're able to buy it online just like any other product. Yeah, yeah. Um, it uh, the there are only eight states where it cannot be shipped, I think, okay. uh, currently. Hey, I monitor this because uh, although although people think that I actually smoke marijuana and, and stuff like that, I actually don't. I'm a, I, <laughs> I'm a, I have lots of these crystals, et cetera, and I use it to formulate products, right, uh, for transcriptions uh, because our upcoming products are going to be for pain, uh, for insomnia, Mm. And for anxiety, and uh, they have, uh, uh, you know, uh, cannabinoids in them, and some of them will be uh, having delta eight, right, uh, in them. So my, yeah. my interest in this is how do we how do we create like uh, drug quality supplements, right? Like supplements that are you know um, are like pharmaceuticals in themselves without being pharmaceuticals, because some you know I I, I would. It, if you go to um, to a dispensary right now and you're looking for a plant, right, or, or uh, you know what what to smoke or what to bake with, etc., there are thousands and thousands of chemovars, right? Um, they're wrongly called species, but no, they're called chemovars, right? Yeah, yeah. And there are thousands and thousands of chemovars out there. In fact. Um, there is uh, there, there is now a DNA centric test, but it's because I said we cannot test our endocannabinoid system, right? The levels of 2AG or uh, FAH is uh, or or uh, sorry, 2AG or uh, nandamide um, is that you know uh, they, they came out with a DNA test where they will match your your DNA and your uh, cannabinoid sensitivity. And I have a, a little uh, story here, Josh. Is that when um, I tried? I, I, you know, I used to be a migraine sufferer, like big time, right? And out of the goodness of his heart, a friend of mine said, "Ted, take this. It's one hit, you know." And then showed me how to do it, and um, uh, I, I, I took it, right? So I took it because it was really, really very painful. And then I had a totally psychedelic experience, which was unexpected, right? And we were like. <laughs> <laughs> Everything was three-dimensional and, you know, and uh, when you were talking, it was like what you were saying was actually solid and was going to the other person. And I, I could see and feel everything like that. And then uh, I realized that when actually uh, I, I looked at my um, 
DNA uh, test. It's, it says, uh, uh, I have the genes for cannabinoid-induced schizophrenia, right? So Interesting. So, yeah, it's it's quite it's quite interesting. So, and that is usually you know the the the, uh, the uh, cannabinoid that can do that for you, uh, the phytocannabinoid that will do that for you is delta nine THC, which is our subject matter, right? So, um, delta nine THC binds to your uh, CB one receptor, which is said is mainly found in the central nervous system, right? Your peripheral nerves will contain CB two. Um, but CB1 uh, is more res- more responsible for those euphoria and type X and the high and so on, right? But uh, CBD has, um, which is the other uh, popular um, uh, cannabinoid, will be uh, more of an anti-inflammatory, right? It sort of like slows things down a little bit more. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's mainly used for um, for like seizures, right? Um, if you take a look at products out there, um, and you could actually see this, they do this by ratio, right? Um, uh, for example, if you're looking at a seizure formula, then it's probably is 20 to 1, 20 CBD to parts of CBD to one part of uh, THC. And mm-hmm. for pain, you probably want to start with a one is one. And I'm just teaching your guys how to read labels because this is how they put labels in, right? One right. is one, meaning one part THC to one part uh, CBD, uh, for example, five milligrams of each, right? And then the other one is actually um, uh, THC heavy, right? Uh, and, um, and those are usually the ones that they give for pain, right? Um, if you see... Hollywood movies, uh, you know, where where they're actually doing this. It's like you see, you see them getting high a little bit from from uh, smoking, and that's what they do, right? Uh, the other thing that they give it for, of course, is for uh, 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 decreasing uh, vomiting, right? In in cancer chemotherapy, but. Uh, remember that there is uh, also a syndrome where you can continue vomiting from uh, the use of cannabis. And that's a very well-known uh, phenomenon, right? And uh, that has a different uh, treatment altogether. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so so um, as I said, you know, you have your, in, in summary, what I just said is like, you have your three parts. You have your, in the ECS, you have your uh, your lock, your key, and your enzymes, right? And then that's that belongs to the body. And then there is a plant, uh, there's a plant, there are plant keys that are available. And the more, the more uh, famous ones are, of course, Delta 9 THC or simply called THC. And uh, CBD or cannabidiol. But the thing is, there are really over 120 or more um, uh, uh, cannabinoids out there, and we're only beginning to, to, to uh, essentially uh, study them, right? right. Um, I, I just, just last week, um, I was sent uh, uh, a cannabinoid that could potentially help in, in weight loss, right? So I'm just studying uh, these these molecules and seeing whether or not uh, I could formulate something that could rev up your metabolism or even prevent diabetes or keep your diabetes at bay. But these are the kinds of things that are at sort of cutting edge, right? Right. Um, but what I don't like your listeners to forget is that cannabinoids are just one part of the plant, 
Sure. So there are many of them with many different actions, but the plant would also uh. have what's called the non-cannabinoid components. Right. The non-cannabinoid components are actually, usually you can lump them into two. And as you say, I like classifying things into two, right? Um, the, the, uh, the first one are terpenes, right? You hear words like sesquiterpenes and stuff like that. So terpenes are, are like, uh, these are the oils that are, these are not, uh, these are not uh, specific to uh, cannabis, right? Uh, for example, limonene is uh, responsible for like the smell of the lemon, right? And pinene, um, myrcene. Yes. And 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 uh, myrcene uh, actually is more of a sedative, right? Uh, it, it can depress you, so it can aid the sedative effects of mm-hmm. whatever you're doing. So um, limonene would perk you up, so it has some antidepressant effects. You know, uh, pinene uh, would actually can 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 counter some of the uh, short-term memory effects of of cannabis, right? Uh, because it can affect uh, short-term memory um, and you know, so there's linalool from lavender. Yes, yes from from uh, for uh, anxiety. Mm-hmm. Um, there's humulene, and of course, the the one that binds directly, and not as a cannabinoid, the one that binds directly to the TRP one TRPV one receptor uh, is beta caryophyllin from uh, pepper. Right? Oh, that's right. Uh, <laughs> yeah, beta caryophyllin. Right. So, so yes. anyway, uh, and and those. And uh, uh, so, so that's responsible. Uh, and the other group, aside from the terpenes, would be your uh, uh, flavonoids, right? Your flavones, your flavonoids. And um, these are, if you think of them, you can just think of them as a color, right? Uh, some some fruits are colored red, and some are green, and some are, you know. Uh, so, uh, and those pigments, like for example, for blueberries, you have your anthocyanins, right? They are good mm-hmm. antioxidants, etc. So you could see that. Uh, combination of the cannabinoids, the terpenes, and the flavonoids in this, um, in this plant, right, can, uh, in a plant, can actually produce the effects, and that's called the entourage effect. Right. right? So right. that's what they call the entourage effect. So yeah, this- that's the very simple summary of, uh, you know, <laughs> the search, search like the, 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 the fundamentals it's uh, you know uh, the endocannabinoid system uh, and the clinical endocannabinoid deficiency uh, syndrome, mm-hmm. uh, the CCS, uh, CE uh, endocannabinoid deficiency syndrome, and then uh, there is the and those are your phytocannabinoids. So, um, so when people ask you, you know, um, why are you, why are you uh, taking? Uh, 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 cannabis or cannabis products, et cetera, et cetera. And now you say, well, you know, the body has its own endocannabinoid system and I'm just trying to balance it. Whether or not you're doing it for that reason, well, hey, it's always fun to say something, right? Exactly. <laughs> you know, it's, I feel like that's where I'm at with this this whole journey is trying to become uh, a loudspeaker and, and sort of... Um, a, a carrier to this idea of, of getting people to start asking more questions because I love to say the, the expression, anytime there's a question, it's an opportunity to educate, right? And so for the last, I don't know, 50 years or however long, it's been, uh, cannabis has been vilified so much so that 
uh, it's still I, I think parts of the of the country and the world still kind of think oh my god weed right and uh birth of a nation was one of those movies that tried to use uh cannabis and and uh sort of the the um vilification of races and minorities and putting it all together to say like you know if you smoke weed you're going to you know you're going to kill yourself or you're going to be a bad person or whatever and here we are now we, you know we're we're several minutes into this podcast and we have just uncovered the many differences of cannabis right so i think when a person says to me, I know for a fact when a person says to me, oh, cannabis is not for me, I have a million questions after that because it's like, well, what yeah. have you tried? Where'd you get it from? What, you know, yeah. what method did you take it and whatever? And so I, I want people, maybe we lost some of you out there, like in, in all the, the scientific terms, but I think what Dr. Ted is doing is helping to display the fact that there's so much more to, to learn. We've learned so much in the last 30 years, but we have even more to learn in the next 30 to 50 to 100 years. Yeah, I, I want to emphasize to uh, the listeners that this is a new system that was just discovered, right? And it was discovered despite the fact that we were prohibited from doing any research on this stuff. Right. Um, and, you know, that was, uh, you know, um, usually... Uh, can you can you imagine the, the uh, scheduling of... Uh, of uh, a Delta not THC is a Schedule One, whereas a cocaine is Schedule Two. That's just boggles mind, right? Um, but but then even cocaine has its own uses, right? And that's the reason why Coke had it in its formula before, in its original formula. Yep. Um, you know, where do you think the name Coca Cola comes from? Exactly. But, but anyway, um, we we just swept everything under the rug, uh, right, out of fear. Um, and therefore, we set back the studies on these things for a long time. Yet, despite that, right? We're see, we're run, the, the the thing is, we're running out of what to give patients on the medical side. I'm I'm a medical doctor, right? So on the medical side, we're running uh, out of what to give uh, uh, patients, especially for example, those in pain, right? For those in pain, you give them opiates and. Uh, you know, holy cannoli. I mean, uh, the, the side effects of opiates, the constipation, the, you know, uh, and, and dependency, so on, right? Uh, Addiction. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and and so, and then you see, well, here's here's a plant that actually can provide, you know, pain relief on a chronic basis. Uh, you know, you, you know, yeah. I you know, I, I won't begrudge you your acute pain meds, right? If you need it acutely, you're in your severe pain acutely. For example, in terms of trauma or an accident. But, uh, or you're passing out a kidney stone, which is like really very painful, right? Yeah, it's okay. Get your morphine, right? But after that, you know, it, you know, it's supposed to be a short-term use, right? But what about for people with chronic pain, right? And I see this as, uh, you know, people were actually looking for answers. And when you start looking for answers, et cetera, like you, you go back and say, why did we schedule these things again, mm. right? Um, you know, very much like the, you know, there's a psychedelic renaissance today, right? There's a psychedelic renaissance because people are, are seeing that we're running out of drugs for anxiety, depression, you know, um, um, uh, and, and uh, other uh, mental issues. And so we have to revisit all the things that we suspended because of our own foolishness in terms of not really examining what we should schedule and what we shouldn't, right? So... 
<laughs> so, so that's where I'm coming from. Is say what your leader, reader, uh, what your your listener should remember is that this is a new system, right? You know, we just found it out that there are bodies <laughs> that they exist in bodies in the last thirty years, and you know, we just found out like, hey, we could actually tickle this system and adjust our bodies, you know, uh, control inflammation, control pain, you know, um, and uh, all of the other things that you you hear about on, on, uh, on the uses by being an exogenous uh, cannabinoid, right? That, that essentially uh, works on your own system. So there's still a lot to, to, to study, but uh, as I said, if you just think about it, as a system of balance, so homeostasis, dynamic homeostasis is what you should think about. Like it pushes the body one way or the other, right? So, uh, for example, if you're if you took too much uh, THC, right? If the weed that you took too much THC, it will push you towards a little bit of paranoia, right? And it'll be, it, it, like you you get paranoid in that particular moment, etc. But you give CBD, then it will counteract that. It will uh, uh, decrease the um, the paranoid uh, symptoms at the point in time. So you could see that the system that balances is actually made up balances itself. So, well so when you're looking at this, uh, uh, when you're looking at this, or when you're looking at products, etc., just remember this: this is in your body. You're putting in something that is produced by a plant that the body responds to because it's the same system. Right, uh, that that it acts on, and the, the different ratios that you could actually use in order to um, excite or inhibit one side or the other. Right, you you know the classic Josh, you know the classic, and I, I hate to be the stereotype of this, um, but you know the the way we used to classify this before the the whole this whole thing really uh, blew over was um, uh, that uh, you know cannabis sativa strains would be high in THC, cannabis indica would be high in CBD, and one would be uh, a euphorian, it will cause euphoria, yeah. you know, and the other would be sedating. And you could see right away, even in that old way of looking at things, it's, there's still some use to that. You could see that they're opposing each other. That's right. right? Yeah. So, so you know, for, for my clients who said, who, who uh, essentially, um, uh, uh, for, for example, if you have uh, clients who are, uh, you know, actors or politicians or all of those that are live very that live very very um, active and highly inflammatory lives, right? Meaning they don't sleep on time, mm-hmm. they they work odd hours and so on and so forth. The body will throw off a lot of inflammation, and uh, cannabinoids, especially CBD, are very good at being anti-inflammatory. Right, uh, so uh, this is why we um, um, that's why we we focused uh, on 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 that as you know, as practitioners, as health practitioners, and so on. Because infl- as you know, chronic inflammation is the root of many chronic diseases. Right, that's uh, right. You know, the beginnings of heart disease and and diabetes and you know. Uh, 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 neurodegeneration, meaning degenerative function of your brain, and so on, because that's evolutionarily the first thing that the that the body does, that the cell does. In fact, if it gets stressed out, is it inflames, right? And by inflammation, I mean a molecular way, meaning it rusts because mm. you use oxygen, right? So the, the molecular inflammation is basically you're rusting everything <laughs> because the body has to produce energy to cope with the stress, and since you're using oxygen, then 
you will accumulate rusting over there. That's why um, uh, to remove rust, you have what's called anti antioxidants, right? So antioxidants and anti-inflammatories, et cetera. Um, for example, a CBD is known to inhibit the release of what's called uh, the inflammatory molecules, like uh, they're called cytokines. You've probably heard them uh, during this COVID era, uh, era, right? So it prevents the release of the inflammatory cytokines and therefore keeps your body relatively um, yeah, inflammation-free. You, you like that and you don't like that at the same time. But if your right. body needs acutely to respond by inflaming, then you should allow it to, right? Yep. But for health purposes, you keep you keep the, the inflammation at um, a minimal level, right? But because remember, it's both, it's both a body's way of resisting um, assault, right? And any stress. And at the same time, too much of it or chronic, uh, like for example, chronic stress will induce chronic rusting and therefore, you know, um, uh, regular intake, for example, of uh, uh, lower dose CBD uh, would probably help you maintain your health. It, it goes back to the the dynamic, the the sort of the up and down, the back and forth, the balance you you had spoke about earlier, and yeah. and that's that's something that I think is is very very important, and I think it's worth mentioning again because I I think everyone would hope to not have an an, an adverse effect with cannabis or any substance, but yes. especially in the conversation of cannabis. You know, I think it's important to mention yet again this this beautiful symbiotic relationship between getting the whole plant, right? And like, for instance, what I do is I keep with me at all times, I keep with me uh, just pure CBD, just in case there's a time when myself or someone around me happens to be a little bit too elevated, a little bit too high, right? A little bit, you know, out of sorts. And sometimes I can suggest just a you know a bit of CBD, and that can kind of balance it out. You know, now it 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 normally what I've seen in, in my own experience, it takes um, you know like either a vaporizer or uh, or smoking it for it to have a more immediate effect. Um, because I've noticed again, it's just my experience. I've noticed that the the edible or the oral tinctures take a little bit longer to to sort of formulate or to. Um, to reveal the itself. And, and sometimes that can be a little bit tricky, right? Because I think that's what a lot of people... Yeah. 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 Uh, respiratory, uh, you know, the, the inhalation, of course, is the fastest way to, uh, to, for, for it to exhibit effects, right? And uh, oral formulations are, unless they are, you know, um, uh, essentially um, done in nanoparticles, uh, they're made water soluble and so on, then the absorption rate is very variable for each individual. And they say it's only about from 6 to 19% um, oral uh, availability, right? So it's very variable. It depends on the person if you're taking it orally. And that this is for those who have had the nasty experience of taking an edible and then after an hour, it says, this is not affected, and doses again. And then after two hours, this is not affected, and doses again. And by the fourth hour, you go kaboom, right? Yeah. Um, and this is because it has a slow, very slow effect. And um, uh, I, I have a, a little story. You know, I was doing some R&D with uh, some some friends of mine, and I was working on Delta 8, and uh, it came to me as, a, as oil, right? And <laughs> it came to me as oil. And I actually... 
it's hard to measure when it's coming in oil, which is very in a viscous oil, right? So, um, uh, and I said, you know, I'm going to heat this up. I'm going to measure, you know, weight by volume, blah, blah, blah. And I did that. And uh, I think I overdosed all of us. <laughs> because <laughs> after, and here you could see how slow the absorption of orals are, right? Right. We were tripping after three and a half <laughs> Hours. I can so, imagine. It's, it's three and a half hours, and it is in the middle of our sleep because hey, we go, eh, no, it's not, right? So we, we slept, and then in the middle of sleep, like, oh my God. Right, right. Yeah, but, I've, been um, there. I've been there. Yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, <laughs> but the new preparations, apparently, um, uh, now that are, have been made water soluble, et cetera. The, the mechanism of action is faster, right? The absorption is a lot faster. Because um, 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 remember that. Um, uh, cannabinoids are fat-based, right? So uh, if, that's why I said uh, uh, a good diet with lots of essential fats, right? Uh, or if you want to take, you know, um, uh, fatty acid capsules, etc., uh, to uh, to maintain uh, a good production of your uh, endogenous cannabinoids, and therefore they are not um, soluble in water very quickly, right? So uh, there. are there are pharmaceutical techniques on how to make them, um, you know, uh, more soluble. Uh, even uh, cannabidiol or CBD is not soluble in water per se, unless you know you you now have these nano emulsion, nano emulsion sprays, you know, and so on, where you know uh, they they make the the uh, they encapsulate this this into where the center part is hydrophobic or not water loving the outer part is water loving and therefore the absorption will be a lot faster if it was an oral uh, formulation right right um, there are see and this is the thing Josh that uh, I am trying to uh, prevent uh, as you know as I said I formulate and uh, for transcriptions right uh, the brand of smarter not harder and one of the things that I see out there is that people are very um, focused towards consumer products, edibles, etc. And I'd like to be able to focus on supplements that have pharmaceutical quality in them, meaning I know exactly how many milligrams of CBD am I getting, how many milligrams of CBG or cannabigerol, which is you know another um, uh, 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 phytocannabinoid, and how many milligrams of CBN am I getting, you know, and, and so on. Remember that each of these phytocannabinoids have their characteristics. One can sedate you, one can um, make you sleep, one can um, uh, invigorate you, and, and so on. So, um, but I want to know exactly, since, you know, I'm also a trained pharmacologist, like, yeah, you know, I'm treating all of this like an actual drug, even if it's a supplement, I'd like to know exactly how much I'm putting in my body. And so... Uh, but of course, I've gotten flack because hey, you know, you need the you need the uh, entourage effect, etc., etc. Cetera, et cetera. But hey, you know what? If you want actual acceptance into this, you got to stay in this middle road where it's not a drug, right? It's not it's not a you know a, a, a gummy that you, you can purchase there, which with you don't know ex the exact uh, ratio, but something that you can actually use for something that you have. For example, if you're in chronic pain or you, you're having anxiety, et cetera, you want to feel calmer, right? Um, or you want to relieve some, some chronic pain that you have, et cetera. I want to know what I'm putting in my body, right? Um, As we all should. Yeah. And, and so I'm doing this for 
um, the benefit of the consumer, right? So mm-hmm. they know exactly what they're getting uh, in 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 that. I'm not I'm not saying that uh, you know, but what the um, the the ratio the ratios that they give in in um, uh, dispensaries, you know, with the bud tenders are usually very knowledgeable uh, about about this uh, these things. But there's nothing like really knowing. Um, how many milligrams exactly are you doing? You know, uh, when I was uh, doing uh, my research and going to to uh, dispensaries, it's like it drove me crazy because it would just say the total number of milligrams, for example, of CBD. And usually uh, what you would get is CBD would come with some THC, right? And legally acceptable is less than 0.3% of THC. And right. it will say there, it's less than 0.3% of THC, etc. Um, and I would look at the bottle and and it would just have some uh, odd amount of uh, CBD, you know, that, and then you have to, I said, how many ml exactly is this? So you know how many milligrams per ml, right? Even a child's medication, you know, you, you know exactly how many milligrams per ml you're, you're going to put in, in drops. But here, you know, you have to calculate because they don't put it in milligrams per ml. And uh, that's where I want you to be more... Um, uh, discerning of the labeling, you know, of of the uh, of the product, you know, if you're for buying sure. this, I'm not for saying sure. don't. I'm, I'm saying be more discerning, right? Yep. And uh, take a look out there at what you really need, right? Um, look, if we, you know, for for kids with Dervais syndrome or intractable or, or Linux-Gastaut syndrome, you know, those with intractable seizures, etc., you need to quiet down that nervous system, right? right. So you have to. To, to really stop the whole thing from firing. You know, this whole thing uh, about uh, marijuana and uh, uh, the whole story of uh, Charlotte Fiji, right? And Charlotte's Web. And that's how the, the whole thing blew up in terms of the use of uh, marijuana in epilepsy. Uh, so marijuana, guys, is a plant, all right? So yes, uh, yes. You know, I, I, I cannabinoids think... are the molecule. Right, exactly. We, we, we're definitely... My hope is that everyone is kind of opening their mind to this. And, and of course, we, we've had many conversations on this podcast about cannabis and CBD and the cannabinoid system, but I don't think we've gone this in depth. And so I'm glad that we're doing this. And some of the things that come to mind so far is, is okay, so we've talked about um, the makeup of the, the, I guess, the three main parts We've talked about the ECS, the, yeah, the ECS, um, the deficiency syndrome, right, and yeah, and the the uh, the cannabinoid or so the endocannabinoid system, the phytocannabinoids, phytocannabinoids, yeah. exactly. So, and then we just touched on a little bit of the potential side effects and downsides, but let's dive into that a little bit more because you know now that it's becoming more prevalent around the the country and around the world. Um, there's there's going to become a concern at like how young is too young and who is this not for? Okay, um, you know um, uh, I'm I'm despite the fact that I'm dealing with these types of molecules as a physician I actually am a lot more conservative than people think right in terms of uh, looking at things like before giving a drug. I would uh, really go into a health optimization mode. Like, well, you know, what is the status of the vitamin and mineral levels in your body, right? Um, uh, let's take a look at that. And why are you having all of these signs and symptoms that are over your body? 
Then I take a look at what toxins are there. Are you getting, you know, uh, higher levels of mercury or lead that we're not aware of? And uh, an illness medicine physician, which I used to be, right? Um, I, my, my joke is I used to poke brains for a living. So I worked on <laughs> uh, as an interventional neuroradiologist, right? And the, um, the, the big question in there is that as we, you know, as technology progressed, we basically shifted away from looking at the organ to looking at the cell. And when you start looking at the cell, you realize that the cell occurs all over the body, right? Mm. And therefore, when it says, when, when, when someone says, well, uh, you know, you need uh, vitamin B6, it's not just the brain that needs vitamin B6, right? It's your entire body that needs vitamin B6. So uh, whereas before it's like, oh, just take vitamin B6, whatever dose, blah, blah, blah. No, now you can measure those levels and say, oh, you need exactly this much, right? Because the technology exists. And the way I like to say it is like, it's like uh, the old cars that had no indicators of your tire pressure and your yeah. windshield washer fluid, et cetera, et cetera, right? All the doctor does is really change your tire. You know, they don't do transplants or they cool your engine. If you have a fever, give you antibiotics. In acute cases, yeah, that's that's where illness medicine is. But when it comes to health optimization and maintenance, you know, we're bad at that. And that's why I started the whole health optimization medicine and practice, right? To shift into uh, here, what do we need to maintain? We need to, to maintain the anti-inflamed state of the body, right? So again, the, the endocannabinoid um, uh, uh, deficiency, right? Uh, so... Uh, uh, Taking a look at that, like um, uh, looking at the body as as a whole, right? Right. So when you're looking at this, this is what's called um, uh, the effects are pleiotropic, meaning it's all over the body, right? Because the the receptors or the uh, locks for the keys are all over your body. As I said, the CB1 receptors are mostly concentrated in your brain, and uh, the CB2 uh, receptors are mostly concentrated on immune cells, uh, but this also exists in, like in, in mostly in the gastrointestinal system, your heart, your liver, right, your blood vessels. And in the brain, there is an equivalent of the immune cell there. It's called the glial cell, and they contain CB2 receptors as well. So we're just still trying to discover this stuff. So you could see that it's all over the body. So uh, one of the things that uh, I, I paid attention to here really is like, well, you know, um, can you, um, uh, if you're trying to get pregnant, you know, can you smoke weed? And uh, one of the findings that they have is that, you know, uh, I remember I told you that one of the endocannabinoids, not phytocannabinoids, one of the endocannabinoids is anandamide. And uh, they found out if, if your anandamide level is too high or too low, uh, is too high, then the... Um, uh, and then, and then you take, for example, uh, CBD, right? Which which will inhibit the enzyme that degrades anandamide. So your your anandamide will go a lot higher. It you, the, the fetus will fail to implant, right? But if your anandamide level happens to be low, and as I said, too bad we don't have a way to measure this in an right. easy way now. Then, if you take CBD, then it will implant, and you will get. Um, you will get a baby. So you could see now the difference in the effect depending on your level, right, of, of that. So my, uh, my, my sense is that's why people fight, right, uh, about this. And my sense is that 
um, in a more conservative sense, I would probably, if you're trying to conceive, et cetera, I would probably stay off, you know, uh, 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 And right? And, and I, I would just throw this in there too. I mean, it, it's probably going to be weird to say, but I guess some people might hear this and go, uh, we don't want this to happen, so let's take as much as we can, right? <laughs> <laughs> but, but as I said, but as I said, you don't want to happen. But uh, it so happens that you're low in anandamide, and it's right, right. it up, and it will happen. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So, 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 you, so you'll never know until we can find a way to measure it. Is what you're saying? Yeah. 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 Um, now, um, the the more important part is, you know, uh, of course, we yeah, normally don't hear of. Um, of uh, kids taking this, except for those with uh, with seizures, right? They're actually uh, given uh, your uh, phytocannabinoids uh, for essentially treatment of, of uh, condition. But uh, the, I think the more relevant question is, you know, what about the teenagers who start using this? And I actually really would uh, like the teenagers to hold off on using weed. Uh, for, for one particular reason, because when you start uh, adolescence, right, your your brain basically rewires itself. Not in a it's called a pruning, right? You have it's like um, it's like a, you have a lot of minor pathways there that have been developed. Those minor pathways are removed. Only the major pathways remain, so they remove uh, sort of like all the the connections that are. Um, uh, not going to be useful for you because you haven't used them and so on. The other thing that happens in adolescence is why they, you know, one of the proposed reasons why they behave that way uh, is that um, it's, there is a, so, what's called remyelination of the nerves. I mean, see, the nerves are actually sheathed, right, in, in a fatty substance called myelin, mm-hmm. right? And they themselves <clears throat> are, uh, they themselves are cells, right? Uh, and, and, um, when you are uh, essentially a teenager, what happens is the brain will actually—it's just like an like an electric wire. You know, let me renew the casing around this copper wires, right? And the body will do that uh, in a preparation in, in in terms of brain maturation because that's how the brain matures, right? And in the process of doing that, um, there there's been a proposition, uh, in fact, uh, of what's called the organic uh, teen brain syndrome, right? Organic teen um, brain, yeah, organic teen brain syndrome. That's that's an old um, proposal uh, to explain uh, because some of the wires will be exposed, right? Because there's very thin myelin, or it's just beginning to myelinate, and therefore, if you see the wires are are uh, on top of each other, right? They they, they are uh, crisscrossing, etc. You know, uh, then what happens is that there will be cross firing, right? So there's mm. usually mayhem of signals in there. So when, when we attribute this to hormones, et cetera, et cetera, yes, it's the effect of hormones with the fact that the brain is uh, changing the casing of its wires. So there's a lot of electrical activity that shouldn't be there, right? Uh, that, that's sparking and creating this, um, this uh, behavior in teenagers. We, we know what behavior teenagers are like, right? There is... Um, you know, uh, poor impulse control, and, <laughs> you know, you do all the sorts of crazy stuff, etc. until the whole thing becomes uh, remelinated again and your hormones actually stabilize. So, so that's, so, 
so what does it mean, right? When you're, you're, so during that development, I don't want to put in any substance in there that, for example, can impact your memory, right? So mm -hmm. uh, we know that uh, it, there are studies now that show that, you know, it may help, uh, you know, can I, certain cannabinoids can help elderly people, right? For, for memory and, uh, and uh, emotional control, et cetera, et cetera. But for teenagers, it actually does the opposite, right? Uh, they, uh, there's a short -term, some short-term memory loss, right? Um, and uh, uh, a paranoia is a little bit more severe when they get too much THC and so on. So I would, I would uh, hold off uh, on, um, uh, on uh, 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 phytocannabinoids um, until the brain is mature. Right? And, and approximately what, what point is that? Like, a, like on average or in general, what would you say, like age range in which it might be myelinated, remyelinated? Yeah, the, the, the age range will be, uh, for, for me, and this is, this is um, uh, when the, the hormones are fully stylized in both men and women is around the age of 21 plus minus two years. Right uh, or uh, in in some some um, some cases they say plus minus uh, three, but I do a plus minus two years. All right, so it's uh, the range is a little bit narrower, um, and probably uh, I suspect that probably by the age of eighteen or nineteen or so, you know, um, uh, the brain is already good to go. Right. Um, in terms of, see, these have to separate brain maturation from sexual maturation. Sexual maturation is when you have a wet dream, you know, you can already, <laughs> you can already impregnate someone, you know, you know that your, your, your gonads are already maturing, right? Um, and when in, in females, when they have their menarche or their first uh, uh, mens, and then, then, you know, the sexual maturation has already started. And that's, that's just, that's very short, right? Mm. Uh, there's a there's a period where you know the the balls in the male will start descending a little bit more, the voice will lower, etc. And once those see once those secondary sexual characteristics stop, right, the the breasts have stopped growing in women uh, and so on. You know that the sexual maturation is complete, right? It's harder to tell for the brain, right? Um, uh, the other question that uh, that gets asked of me during this this uh, period is like you know, can I still grow in height? Because people like to be taller, right? right? And I tell them that if you do all the right things, you know, um, there's still a chance uh, that, uh, you know, from um, around 18 to 25, there's still a chance that you could grow an inch, right? Um, and that's that's a hopeful inch, but, you know, it has happened to some people without without any growth hormone, any stuff like that. Right. So there's still, this is really a lot grow, uh, go, uh, going, but, you know, um, that's a range that I would put. It's uh, 21 uh, plus minus two years uh, is uh, probably uh, the age range where, well, yeah, it's, it's okay, right? Um, uh, the, and only for the reason, like, if you if you really like to protect your brain, as I do. Right. Absolutely. Uh, yeah. And of course, the younger you are, um, the more I would, I would be prohibitive of it. Uh, I suppose. Um, it, it just because, just because I don't want, you know, the endocannabinoid system of the brain being toyed with while it's doing its thing. Right. Remember, because it will stimulate and inhibit, and it's all over the brain. 
So it will simulate and inhibit certain systems in there if you're putting in an exogenous um, uh, cannabinoid. So that's the, uh, and that's the reason why uh, I wouldn't want it, especially if you're a, a you know, new adolescent. Uh, right. You know, <laughs> some, some parents are actually was like, here, you know, take this, take the weed so you can calm down. <laughs> and it's like, Right. Well, you know, the thing that comes to mind for me is, I guess, playing a little bit of devil's advocate here is, yeah. what about the kid that is faced with taking Adderall mm. versus a CBD or, or a, you know, a light, a low-dose THC, you know, or, you know, a full-spectrum uh, phytocannabinoid versus an Adderall because they can't seem to to calm down or they can't seem to focus in school or in class or in whatever, you know, and, and also what about the, the adolescence or the younger adult that happens to be thriving off of this? Not, not even just from a trying to balance out ADHD or whatever, but just, you know, they're more creative musically, artistically, um, you know, even like physically, like with the performance, how does that play into all of that? Yeah, um, Josh, see, I am, I, you know, I said <laughs> I was conservative only because we can't measure what we have. Right. right. Until we cannot measure what we have, then, you know, we're conservative. Got it. But when we can measure and you see that, well, if, even if a child is only like 15 years old or 16 years old, and you see that, well, this is this, 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 boy or girl is highly deficient in, uh, you know, in, in uh, uh, endogenous cannabinoids, then you probably should start considering supplementing, right? Uh, for me, it's like once we can measure, fantastic, right? Uh, let's, let's, uh, let's do that. And that's why I remain, that's, that's the extent of my conservatism to this. Got right? it. Um, Otherwise, uh, otherwise, I'm perfectly okay, you know, um, uh, to do it, uh, because as I said, I'm after balance, right? I'm after balance right, because right. You, you don't know um, how much you'd be giving, right? And that's the whole issue. You can, and, and as to your point, your ADHD and so on and so forth. Well, what do you do in those cases, right? You start by treating, right? Let's give a small dose first, and then increase it, and then increase it, and then increase it, right? But you really never know, uh, you know, exactly when to stop either right so uh, so so that's the that's the whole uh, reason why in health optimization and the use of cannabis it's just uses the same principles of health optimization first you detect the levels and then you correct them properly right, right. right? and remember this is really opposite from diagnose and treat right we're not diagnosing and treating we're just balancing and and that's why I am uh, actually active in looking for um, you know people who are who are actually developing tests on the levels of endocannab major endocannabinoids that we have without doing a lumbar puncture, puncture right? Yes. Uh, so now I, I, I would like to play it a little bit safer uh, when, when, uh, when we're dealing with teenagers, right? Yeah. Uh, I'd like to play it a little bit safer until we can measure. Or if you are, you know, a, the parent who hovers around his or her child, that's the reason why the child is behaving that way. I'm kidding. <laughs> uh, 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 then you could try, uh, as I said, you know, titrating um, uh, cannabis, right? Uh, titrating cannabis, et cetera. Um, 
the, the I, I guess the thing that uh, you should be worried about is like, well, yeah, you know, you're able to control the the, the dosage of the child, etc. When he's with you, but you don't know what he does in school, <laughs> right? So, or or right. you don't know what he does with his friends uh, and so on. And I think that's more of the issue rather than you as a responsible parent being able to to do that versus him as an irresponsible teenager, you know, trying everything out there. So right, and and again, along those lines, it's a it's a very fair point. I think when I measure it up, just me as a as a young parent as well, um, I just think I would much prefer any child out there to have something potentially, um, you know, from the earth that we we we're starting to learn more about that potentially has less side effects than than the synthetic drugs out there, like. Adderall and and all these other other drugs, right? So yeah. I guess that's what I mean because, like with cannabis, I think there's there's also lots of kids out there going and partying with Adderall, right? And saying yeah. that they're they're using that to to lose weight and to focus at work and to take tests and and then they get hooked on that and then that has much or maybe not much more, but like it also it, has downsides, yeah. Yeah. Um- uh, and, and there, Joshua, is actually where you actually need to know uh, where the uh, ADHD is coming from, right? Um, I just read an article recently that says, you know, everyone's ADHD. We just uh, came up with a label for it and made it a disease, but everyone actually has it. Um, <laughs> and it's just being exacerbated by the way we use media now, nowadays, right? You right. know, we use Twitter and Instagram, et cetera, and, uh, and so on. Um, however, this is where um, I would actually um, uh, caution your your uh, listeners about this, is right? So you can't use uh, endocannabinoids for, uh, phytocannabinoids rather, for everything. Right, so it's become a panacea, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. But there are deaths since it's all over the body. I would agree that it's a good anti-inflammatory. It can be for pain. You know, it's uh, again, it's for the uh, body signaling processes to be regulated if uh, it's too much and, and so on. But when you're looking at, um, I'm zeroing on ADHD because it's very common, and uh, you know, it has a. Uh, if you look at it from a chemical standpoint in the brain, it is a different mechanism from uh, the endocannabinoid system, right? So uh, the endocannabinoid system has a different set of functions which interacts with the learning function of the brain. You know, the learning function is basically based on uh, the dopaminergic system. That's why you have your Ritalin and so on. They release lots of dopamine, you know, and so does cocaine, right? Yeah. Um, and uh, so this is like the the brain learns by the reward system, and unfortunately, the reward system is also the addiction system. Right. Right. So um, and so, if you're looking at this from um, an ADHD or an ADD point of view, then you're looking at really uh, two different um, uh, but interacting chemical systems in the brain. Yeah. Yeah. When, when, when you're doing that, well, that's just looking at it chemically, right? As a parent, you may be fucked up. So, <laughs> I, you know, <laughs> so, right. And, and you just don't know how to take care of your kid. Or, you know, um, much of the um, ADHD is also due to the environment, right? A hyper environment where the child cannot focus. Right. Yeah. Um, remember all these stories that come up, you know, you know, this child was just uh, very happy with a carton box. 
in, in during Christmas and not the uh, you know toy toy uh, bikes inside the box, you know, and because uh, then you know we give them all of this stuff and it's just too much stimulation for them. But on the other hand, well, there's an argument of, of course, to the other side. Well, you develop more neural connections, etc. But that doesn't necessarily translate to more focus, right? Good point. So, um, so, so that's so that's the thing. It's like you may be using. Uh, phytocannabinoids uh, like uh, you know uh, uh, cannabis for to to uh, calm people down to relieve anxiety and so on, but it doesn't necessarily increase their focus or attention because it belongs to a different system in the brain. So th- that's uh, just just something to keep at the back of your mind. Right? Yeah, but, when but you're very well this. said, and and thanks for breaking that down. I mean, it's I, I think people listening may have these these same questions. I get asked this quite a bit. So I wanted to to sort of hash it out or at least discuss it with you and and see what your thoughts are on it. Um, you know, we 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 quickly glossed over just the question before we 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 did it now, but I wasn't quite sure what your stance was on it. And now I know. So um and it's and I, I like the conservative approach as well because of course we don't need any more uh, reasons to vilify cannabis right? Because we're just kind of on this journey of finding out a lot more. Um, but then I also now, like there's there's some discussions about eating cannabis whole, like eating the whole plant, just like a salad or like an herb or whatever, and how there it doesn't get uh, decarboxylated because it's not being heated and how that might also be another benefit. And so what are your thoughts there? Yes, um, you know, um what is this? Um, wheat grass with, uh, <laughs> with cannabis. <laughs> Weed grass. <laughs> <laughs> Weed grass with, with cannabis. Um, you uh, Again, my, my thoughts there, uh, Josh, the way I understand things is um, looking at it from oh, what's the major purpose why this system was conserved in our bodies, right? Um, by evolution. And Again, um, I think the, the major point here is to maintain us in a dynamic homeostasis. So uh, when you uh, decarboxylate and, and activate, etc., that mainly that, that simply uh, gives you directly the um, the key, right? That fits right into the lock. But when you don't decarboxylate it, they find that there's also some effect, right, of of that as a as an anti-inflammatory. Right, so you eat it fresh. It's the way you eat any fresh food, right? Yes. Um, yeah. There's also uh, some effect in there, and the other way that you can take a look at it is that it can bind partially, right? It can bind partially to receptors, or um, so what some of them do, what some of these uh, um, uh, endocannabinoids do, is they can sit inside, uh, they can sit beside the um, the the lock and change. The shape of the lock, right? So, so, so that then the uh, cannabinoids that go into it will be of a specific type rather than the other. Mm. So, so that's called uh, in in chemical parlance it's called allosteric modulation. But you know it's not you know it's not important. You just know that you know um, you're you're a circle. You sit you sit beside a rectangle, and the rectangle becomes a square. So now a uh, third party. Um, you know, uh, in a throuple situation, who is uh, uh, going to be a square will now fit in the square, whereas before you sat down beside that 
person, it was, uh, you know, uh, it was a triangle. So that's how that, that can be what's happening in some of these uh, freshly prepared ones. So it can happen in the heated ones too, but, uh, you know, uh, as I said, you know, there may be, or, or, you know, it's like, you know, it's, it's just partially hanging on. It's called a, uh, uh, partial agonism, not full agonism, but just partially uh, fitting into that. Right. It's like, uh, you know, you know, Josh, just a tip phenomenon. Just the <laughs> tip. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> I love this conversation. <clears throat> this is, this is so, so good because again, the fact that we're able to, uh, we're still just kind of scratching the surface, but you know, I'm sure yes. we all have things to do um, besides continue to, t- to listen uh, to this conversation. But um I, I think what this should do for most people listening right now is to cause you to ask more questions. In fact, what I do now, I find myself, because I did do the, the Indo DNA kit that Lynn May, in fact, that was episode 137 on this, on this show. Um, we went over my results from that. And I actually did two parts of results because I, I took my um, 23andMe raw data, which has a little bit, it's it's um, a simplified, less results given from the third party uh, versus the, the, the results you can get straight from their kit. So I did both. And um, on, on this show, we went over my results live. And I'm, like you, I kind of figured out some of the things that like, ah, okay, this may make sense. Now, just because you see it on, in your DNA doesn't mean that the that the gene is expressed, right? And I think that's also important to yes. talk about gene expression, yes. right? So, yes. um, so yeah. you know, that, mm-hmm. it, that's that's the main question. Uh, that's the main um, thing that I have about what's happening to us, even as a society. And I've been uh, I've been crying foul for a long time, many years about this that we have become too DNA centric, right? We are looking uh, at the DNA all the time and not looking at the other factors that actually affect gene expression. And uh, in uh, homehope.org, uh, where we are actually teaching physicians and healthcare practitioners about a field of science called epigenetics, you know that you know uh, epigenetics means above the gene, right? Uh, these are uh, things that can control your gene expression um, well, without actually changing the DNA code. So that's when you said, you know, uh, um, uh, it does not necessarily get expressed is because those can actually be silenced. And it could be silenced by, you know, uh, several chemical mechanisms, biochemical mechanisms like methylation and so on. Um, and and, and the, the, the uh, thing about this, Josh, is um, before we thought, well, this occurs only the, 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 say, for example, you live a good lifestyle, et cetera, you were able to suppress a cancer gene that was supposed to be expressed, right? But because you had a great lifestyle, you ate well, you slept uh, properly and so on and so forth, you know, you were able to uh, essentially uh, change the structure of the, uh, of the part that encodes, the, uh, that, that regulates that gene. And what's interesting about that and exciting is that you could pass that protection on to your kids, right? Um, in, in terms of, uh, in terms of an epi, as an epigenetic trait. And it's not genetically, it's, so, you know, genes are known to be transmissible, but we only have found out in uh, epigenetic studies that epigenetic changes are also transmissible to, uh, to kids. So when, you, when you're looking at this and you're looking at your, your end-of-DNA results, you know, um, uh, and so on, be, you know, just, just be careful that, that this is like a DNA test. 
right? And that's why, for example, in Home Hope, don't look at your genes. We look at your metabolites. We do what's called a metabolomic test, right? Because it's what's happening to your body right now. Yeah. Right? So, for example, the the uh, if we have a test for it, then the um, anandamide and two uh, AG would be the metabolites that we would be looking for, right? So, um, and, and, and so we'll be we'll, we'll be going over mine very soon. By the way, I, I did uh, my oh. test. Yeah. So we're gonna be we're gonna be um, yeah. I guess for those listening, stay tuned because the testing that that Dr. Ted is talking about. The metabolomics, uh, metalom- how do you say it? Metabolomics? Metabolomics Meta- test. Metabolomics, Clinical yes. metabolomics test. Yes. Yeah, the metabolomics yes. test. Um, we're going to go over the, my results. And and this was this was something that was, um, I, I would definitely say, probably my most comprehensive test test kit that I've ever done. Um, and whenever we we do the episode and we go over my results and, and ways to kind of improve upon my results... Uh, I'll definitely make sure that this becomes a resource for people to be able to listen to, to go, oh, you know what? This is not as daunting as it may seem, right? Because I had to do a, you know, I did the the blood and saliva, urine, and a three-day stool sample. And yeah, it's very intense. Yeah. And and the reason why I chose the metabolome is that, you know, it really shows what's happening now. Right, uh, it, it, because when you go to the gene, you can't see what the environment is doing to you. Right, right. right. But when you go to the metabolome, you you see, oh my God, you know, my my food has arsenic in it. You know, um, you know, I I as you know, I have a tricontinental practice, and I practice in Asia, uh, thirty days, four times a year, and you could see there uh, with the rice is contaminated, the arsenic levels start to rise, right? And this is not. You know, this is detected by your meta- your metabolomics test, right? You could see uh, these heavy metals there uh, that are uh, uh, rising in in your uh, intracellular system and your blood system. So, um, it, it, and and this is why I chose that. That's that's why, as I said, you know, it would be more interesting if we develop tests for the levels of your uh, endocannabinoids. And I'm sure someone is working furiously to do it. Right? Oh yeah. Um, to do that because then it would be easier to prescribe, right? Yeah. But for now, um, for for things that you think about, like for pain, for inflammation, like for fibromyalgia, you know, I have I have uh, uh, patients who are actually have fibromyalgia and IBS and migraine. That's a trifecta uh, that I've always seen in my patients, and they do get relieved, right? But I always ask them to start by trading uh, their their dose. Right, um, be, be, and then stay on the dose where they feel, um, you know, relieved of the pain, but at the same time are able to function. You know, you may be relieved of pain, but you go, ah, you know, right, you just, right. just like, <laughs> like really totally high, right? Right. Uh, so, um, but 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 then um, uh, see, and, and that's why uh, that's why when we don't have those tests yet, then it is always prudent, and even if you're uh, you're a parent, you know, and supervising your teenager, et cetera, and you want to try this on them, make sure that you actually titrate, right? Uh, and uh, you go from a lower dose upwards. It's always, uh, it's always prudent yeah, to be a little bit more conservative, especially for developing, uh, developing bodies and developing brains, right? Um, and and it's, it's, it's common sense, I know, but um, uh, but uh, again, you should also be aware of what your child's behavior is outside of your control. It's mostly outside of your control, but at least 
you know, you should be able to communicate with them in such a way that you know exactly if they are taking extra, extra uh, phytocannabinoids outside of your regimen. Yeah. Right? Um, you know, you should have an open discussion with them that this is not a banned thing. It's it's just like you would just like to be able to uh, essentially preserve their brain function, <laughs> you know, right, and, right. until it's until it's fully developed, and tell them that it's it's not a bad thing, and you're you're not really mad that they're doing this because they are growing up. But then the the thing that at least that they know, right, that uh, that you care. <laughs> but the second thing is that you as a parent know how much really they're taking. Right. Right. Yeah. Well said. So. This is great. Um, obviously, Dr. Ted, we could we could talk for hours, um, and and especially on a topic like this because it's so near and dear to the things that I'm doing. And you know, I even I've 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 had many conversations with my parents about it. My brother, who's a police officer, um, you know, and now that more and more states are becoming medical, it's becoming a little bit more cool to talk about it, right? And so here we are. We're talking through all this. Um, and, and I definitely want to, as we start to wrap up, I want to, um, give you the opportunity to tell everyone how to find out more about what you're doing with the various things you're doing and this new product that you were just, you, you casually mentioned, um, you know, it will be excited to see and when, hear when that's going to be available because, uh, I would definitely be jumping on that. Um, but what, what are some of the things that you are sort of besides the the measuring of the uh, cannabinoid system and the nanamides, what are some of the things that are on the horizon for you for right now in this, ne- in this next year? Yeah, uh, um, as you know, uh, I have a company, Smarter Not Harder, uh, that is the uh, what I call the for-profit arm of the nonprofit, which is Home Hope. Home Hope is health optimization medicine and practice, and it's, it teaches uh, physicians and healthcare practitioners on the practice of health optimization, meaning health maintenance and promotion, not uh, not uh, uh, you know a diagnosis and treatment of disease. So we simply detect and correct imbalances, right? In fact, the the way of saying it is you know, subtle toxicities and borderline deficiencies, right? To Bingo. keep your body in balance. And we, we do that via the metabolites, detecting the metabolites in your nutrients and hormones, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, taking a course at your gut and your, your uh, uh, you know, your sensitivity to foods and, ex- and exactly the profile of your microbiota in there. Because uh, as I'd like to tell my students, the Department of Defense requires a big budget, meaning your immune system actually requires a lot of energy from you, right? And uh, our Department of Defense is no exception. So um, uh, that's that's what you learn from that home hope. And that's currently running on my money. But hopefully, um, <laughs> you know, with, with a smarter and harder uh, the reason for why we have those products is that when you're doing health optimization, um, Josh, uh, what happens is that you know your blood basically uh, changes itself every 90 to 120 days. So the effects will not be immediate. In fact, what I tell my clients is that you know it took you 40 years to get to this state. Why do you expect that you get balanced overnight? You won't, right? Uh, so you will see the 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 beneficial effects to you after three, six, nine months even, right? And some don't even uh, even detect it. They say, you know, I've been under your care for, for a year and I've 
don't feel anything. Well, I said before my care, the year before, how many times did you get sick? Six. And they go, oh, I asked, well, last year? I said, oh my God, I didn't get sick at all. And so health optimization is a rear view mirror kind of thing, right? And it's very experiential. Until you do it, you won't know what it feels to feel good. And what it's like, uh, uh, it's like, oh my God, I never got sick at all. Those types of realizations only happen afterwards, right? So that now, but when a client comes to you saying, well, I'm in pain or I have insomnia, I can't sleep or uh, saying I have anxiety, they need immediate relief, right? So our brand of products from uh, uh, Smarter and Harder is called um, Transcriptions. And mm-hmm. I think we introduced, you know, uh, blue canatine before and um, uh, just blue. Now, blue canatine, as you know, is a nootropic, meaning it it uh, makes your brain run a little bit faster. Um, and, uh, you know, that product actually has CBD in it. And one of the reasons why I put CBD in it, because caffeine or and, and nicotine can both be very pointy. You know, um, they they have a, some sharp sharpness to them on uptake. Uh, but uh, CBD actually rounds it out really nicely. Uh, so uh, so when you take uh, that nootropic, it turns your tongue blue. And Josh, you have many pictures out there. Uh, <laughs> but, you know, uh, it makes you focus. Um, it makes you focus uh, on the task at hand for about three to four hours. And just blue is just pure methylene blue. Now, uh, now coming in are three... Um, um, uh, products that I'm working on. Uh, in fact, the formulation is done for all the three, and they are going to contain cannabinoids. Uh, and I said, uh, teased you earlier, uh, some of them are going to contain some delta eight, um, but they will. Uh, they are going to be precisely measured, right? We have one for anxiety. It's the first one that's coming out, um, probably uh, uh, by uh, the beginning of the uh, second quarter or you know, sometime during the second quarter. And um, uh, I've tried, since I formulated it, you know, you know I, have, I have another physician who can make any shitty tasting thing that I make that's highly effective, really, really delicious. So it's more like, I wish I, I, wish I had his skill, right? But um, uh, we've uh, tested it and, uh, and so on for, from, you know, uh, from among uh, people who are close to us, et cetera, who are basically anxiety prone. And uh, it works. It's, a, it's an unusual combination of ingredients, but it has what's a, a cannabinoid called CBG or cannabigerol, right? And it also has a CBD. So that's, uh, that's the... Um, um, the one for anxiety and the one for pain, you know, uh, we, we have a, like a Delta eight version uh, of it also. Um, but, uh, because, uh, in order to have an immediate pain relief, I wanted to have some, some THC in it, but that, that would be Delta nine and that would be illegal because it would be like one milligram or two milligrams. So, uh, I can't do that. So, uh, I'm looking at my, my options over there on, you know, how to, to actually, uh, create a, something that we could ship in, you know, um, in most states, uh, for, for pain relief. See, so you could see that since these are things that you cannot relieve immediately. Right. right? And, uh, uh, the other one, of course, is for um, um, insomnia. Uh, and uh, being the one who's formulating all this stuff, uh, this one has a, a molecule, another cannabinoid called CBN. And 
you know, um, although some say that you know it's it's sedative qualities or it uh, is is a uh, um, is a. Uh, uh, anecdotal, et cetera, et cetera. You know, I've tried the formulation on myself and uh, actually for, for me, you know, who, whose uh, circadian rhythm is so fucked up, uh, at least it put me to sleep, right? Uh, um, in, 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 in that regard. So um, it will also have, you know, uh, uh, other um, uh, molecules in it that are, um, so, so now, Josh, we are now combining, you know, cannabinoids with, what I call phytoceuticals, you know, other molecules in plants that um, induce you to to be less anxious or to be um, uh, uh, to decrease your pain and, and so on. So we so we we know what those plants are, right? We just uh, so so what we're doing is just combining them. But our our it will not mean a capsule. Our um, delivery mechanism is still the trochee, right? So I was gonna I was gonna ask where you stick it up your. Yeah, yeah, and that's that's our that's our difference, right? Because we want the rapid acting. Uh, is we want it, is the it, rapid acting. We don't. Yeah, we it, don't want them to pass through the stomach. When you pass them stomach intestine, then you know these are going to be a very slow absorption. So all of these are non-emulsified, water soluble, etc., which is really a pill when you're trying to source out, you know, uh, uh, ingredients that are pure. Because we have to send, I said, we're, we're pharmaceutical quality, right? Um, uh, so we have, even if it's already certified to us, it's already pure, we have to send it to a, uh, another lab to say that, well, okay, this is really a, this much purity and we would accept it, right? Mm. Um, your your um, uh, listeners may be interested. I won't, I won't tell you wh- where they would go, but I would mention a molecule here that your listeners are probably familiar with. Um, we're using some kratom in some products. So, uh, uh, you know, um, we're using some kava in others. So you see how we are actually putting this together. So it's actually quite exciting because now uh, when we have clients or patients that need immediate relief, we can give something, right? Instead of waiting, you know, uh, 90 to 120 days for them to actually feel better. Okay, and, and so one one that. quick question in terms of the the trochee, because I'm sure people who are familiar with the the blue canatine and the yeah. just blue, do these new trochees also leave a different color in your mouth? Oh my God! Why are you revealing our secret? <laughs> um, well, you, you don't have to talk about it now, but I, I'm sure nah, uh, the, inquisitive yeah. minds want to know. <laughs> yes, yes, uh, the. Uh, that's a big data thing, but yes, actually, the um, I will admit that our anxiety turkey will live will leave an um, orange, uh, I think, an orange color uh, in your tongue, and it's just like it it it, it works both ways, right? Uh, the pros say, well, you just have to stick your tongue out, and people will will know that oh, you know, he's anxious and he's just taken an anti-anxiety thing, so let's not bother him, uh, right? It could be that kind of deterrent. But other people say, well, you know, I'm anxious to even show my tongue. Um, you know, so I'm, I'm, it, it contributes to the anxiety. But you know what? When you're anxious, you just really want fucking relief, right? Right. Just when you're in pain, etc. You don't mind, you know, and, uh, and so on. But and we're all wearing me, masks like right a, now anyway, so. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, it, no, it's, it's more like for me, uh, a signaling system, you know. Uh, so uh, f- for me, it's like, it kind of elicit one of two things. Uh, one is, you know, for the one that's seeing it, it can elicit compassion and saying, okay, 
you know, this guy's anxious. I better be a little bit more gentle, more empathetic, more, you know, uh, and so on. Um, and, and so that's the effect that I want to have. But the uh, negative part to it is that it's on the one who is anxious. This is, am I being made anxious by Mei Tang being, being right. orange, right? Right, so, right. Um, Interesting. But well, that's a good point. We're in masks anyway. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. I mean, to be to be fair, it's um, it, you know, I, I always have the the little um, I guess samples with me, right? And so if if there's someone that uh, I think would 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 like to try it, uh, you know, we talk about it and and I give it to them. And the other day, I had a couple of my friends try it, and I forgot to tell them. I mean, I've, surely they've seen me on my social media, right? But I just kind of forgot to tell them, like, oh, by the way, like your your mouth is gonna be blue and whatever. <laughs> and uh, my friend's brother was like, "Why? What? What? What do you? What? What's up with your mouth?" And and then my friend, she looked in the mirror and she's like, "Oh, wait, what? A, wait a minute, like, it, does this go away? And why? Why does it have to be this color?" And 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 I was just like, "Oh man, I missed my opportunity to like to really say, just make sure that you know you're comfortable with having a blue mouth for a period of time." But yeah, yeah, it's all good. Yeah, well, you know, um, uh, the the worst case will be, you know, you see a man with a blue tongue, and you see a a, a, a girl beside him who is topless with blue nipples. So. <laughs> 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 exactly. Well, you know what's going on there. And, huh? and, and, and the girl happens not to be his wife. So it's like, oh, no. Oh, uh, yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, exactly. I love yeah, it. Uh, but, but, but anyway, you know, um, those are the things that I'm up to uh, right now. And cool. uh, it's, it's, an, it's exciting for me because, uh, uh, you know, putting things together, I know that you're trying your best to educate the public on, on cannabinoids, but I want to move uh, the needle farther from there and says, with what, with what uh, other things can we mix these um, phytocannabinoids such that they have actually a decent effect on signs and symptoms? For me, I don't, I don't do diseases anymore. Anymore, right? I used to, but I don't anymore. Um, you know, what can relieve pain? You know, pain is not a disease. What can relieve uh, 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 anxiety? You know, um, not not the diagnosed anxiety when you're anxious about something, right? Um, and um, you know, and uh, you know, there are times of periods of time you can see. So these are just signs and symptoms as actual diseases. If you're diagnosed to have those diseases, you go to your illness medicine doctor. Right. But I know most people they would go, mm, let me try this first. So. <laughs> right, right. Uh, this is this is great. Um, all right, as as we start to wrap up, um, if you recall from before, anytime I have someone on the show, I like to to finish up with, you know, what is your top pet peeve, something that comes to mind right now. And then we like to finish on a positive note by asking you, what are you most grateful for? So Let's hear it. Let's let what, what is what is peeving out Dr. Ted right now? Yes, um, I, you already heard it uh, in the podcast. Is we have become too DNA centric as mm. a society. In fact, globally, you know, everyone is looking at uh, the DNA. Well, the DNA is just the DNA. Just because it's the center of the cell doesn't mean that it holds everything right uh, to it. I'm more interested in, you know, as a whole, how does the cell really function? And now that we have the tools to do it, right, how can we uh, use, you know, our findings inside the cell to make us 
uh, to make us better, better health, you know, um, uh, better, better human beings uh, with better relationships with other human beings, other creatures, uh, other species in the planet, and to the planet itself, right? How how do we use this now to make it better? Um, because uh, DNA for me only holds, it's, it's like, a, just, this is the potential, right, uh, that, that you have. And whether or not it gets expressed, you know, the, of course, the fundamental things that gives you your eyes, nose, mouth, etc., will get expressed. But other things, you know, uh, in there are necessarily done by uh, gene regulation that's outside of the DNA. I so um, yeah. that's that's my my what that's what's peeving me right now because everyone is like you know uh, very DNA centric and it will be like that for a while because the world has just discovered it right yeah um, you but, know uh, already we we move past that right right and say okay you know. Yeah, you you guys stay there. You know, the, of course, the Nobel just went to CRISPR Cas9 technology where they're doing DNA editing, and the debate is on making designer babies and so on and so forth. Like, yeah, you know, we we already know that. So what's new? What's right? new? But the, the, and, but that, that's what peeves me. And, but it's an ex- very uh, don't get me wrong, right? It's just the attitude that peeves me. But it's an incredibly exciting area, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. Yeah, because thing- uh, I, I myself have a gene gene editing lab in my beach house, so uh, <laughs> you know. Wow. Uh, so wow. that's that's what that's what uh, you know that's that's uh, as, a, as a matter of interest. It's an interesting, uh, very extremely interesting field, right? Uh, along with synthetic biology, but that that's the one. So what, what's the uh, what's the uh, big thing that I'm grateful for, right? Um, I the big thing that I'm grateful for right now, Josh. Um, aside from you know, um, speaking with you, is uh, psychedelic renaissance, right? Um, that we are actually starting to investigate again, you know, the value of psychedelics and uh, their value, not only in, you know, right now we're looking them, at them for a depression and, um, you know, uh, uh, post-traumatic stress disorder and, and so on, but uh, yeah, th- those are nice beginnings because they're first viewed as medical. Right? Because the certification is, you know, the, do, do they have any medical use? But for me, it's like it, it allows us to go back to an era of consciousness expansion, right? And I've oh, I've always been like this, you know. It, it's not just us, right? We're the most pernicious species on Earth, right? We're called the Anthropocene period because whatever man does affects the Earth. Like it's 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 it's, it's that. So I'm grateful that uh, there's a psychedelic renaissance because then uh, it, uh, you know, these, these substances allow us to expand our consciousness to take care not only of each other, but of other species on Earth uh, and of the Earth itself and know where our place is, you know, among the bunch of species that uh, live around here. We're in a network, we're all connected and uh, our, our, our place in the universe. Look, we're an organic spaceship that's just hurtling through space, <laughs> right? And this is the only home we know for now. Uh, despite uh, perseverance, you know, with its little tiny helicopter ingenuity landing in Mars, you know, it, it, we're still we still haven't colonized anything. So uh, that I think will allow us to take care more of each other and the planet as a whole, right? And what we're doing in it and how much impact we really have on it. So uh, you know, enough of this human trafficking and uh, and so on, you know, and, and enough of of uh, just becoming richer and richer and you're not really donating any of your of your wealth to you know uh to anything that will sustain 
the earth for the future, you know, for your kids and your grandkids and so on. Um, and that's a kind of, of consciousness expansion that we get uh, with uh, these kinds of uh, substances and molecules, right? So I'm grateful for that. Wow. Well, definitely grateful for you and, and, and grateful for all your knowledge and, and all that you're doing. So, you know, this is, this is yet another great conversation and I, I hope to continue having more of these. And, um, you know, please, if you can, let listeners know how to find out more about you beyond just this, this episode. Yes, um, for health optimization medicine, uh, you can go to homehope.org. Uh, H-O-M-E-H-O-P-E.org. And you could see everything that we do in there. If you want to become a healthcare practitioner in health optimization medicine, uh, that's also where to start. And the things that you're going to learn are in there. And then uh, uh, Smarter Not Harder Inc., it's best that you go to our uh, uh, brand website, which is prescriptions.com. That's prescript, that, that's like prescription, but the TRO. So prescriptions.com. And you could see there are current uh, two products. It's the, actually, the, this is my first podcast for the year. I told Josh that um, mm-hmm. he'd be the first one. Um, and so this is the first time that I'm actually saying that our three products are coming out. The anxiety product is coming out. It has not yet been announced mm-hmm. in our website. Um, and as you know, we just turned one uh, last week yeah. uh, for 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 the brand. And uh, look to us to to uh, um, uh, actually uh, providing you with um, with a uh, pharmaceutical grade uh, cannabis products, right? Um, so so that you know what you're putting in your body. Uh, what my term for it is precision dosed, right? Precision we have dose. a precision dose, precision dose uh, pharmaceutical uh, cannabis, uh, grade cannabis. And then um, uh, for those of you who are in in uh, Asia, you know, it's uh, biobalanceinstitute.com. Um, and that's, that's uh, uh, essentially a company that I started out there um, as a proof of concept over a decade ago now uh, for that health optimization medicine works. And that's now oh. that's why now we have students and practitioners, etc. And you know we're global. We have uh, someone in Australia now formed a group there. We have someone in Europe formed a group there. So you know a little at a time. But as I said, Josh, you know, um, uh, I just want your listeners to think of me whenever they get fed up with uh, the disease-based system and say, well, you know. I, I don't want, I don't want uh, disease management. You know, I want health management. It's a different mindset, right? Uh, health management is a maintenance and promotion mindset. And I said, as I said earlier, think of it like you're topping it off your windshield uh, washer uh, uh, fluid or you're uh, balancing your tires, uh, tire pressures, et cetera, right? Uh, which, which your illness medicine doctor will never do for you. Exactly. Uh, <laughs> Very, very well said. And as always, thank you so much for your time. I know you're a very busy man and clearly you you know what you're doing and you know what you're talking about. So I'm always thrilled to have you on. And um, yeah, here's to to many, many more. Uh, stay tuned, everybody, as I start, as I keep on sticking out my tongue with the blueness and uh, who knows, maybe some orange and some other colors. So 
Uh, yeah. Thanks again for uh, coming on the show and to all the lovely listeners. Thanks for listening up to this point. You did it. We got through it. Now continue to ask those questions to get those different responses because, you know, we've got so much more to learn. So uh, we're going to continue to keep bringing you quality information from people like Dr. Ted and many more. And um, once again, thank you for listening to the show. Peace. Walk the talk, talking facts. Move like me, but I move a little fast. Make my move, here to last. Fasten these seatbelts, I'm coming past. Take care of me, longevity. Hack my biology, better believe. Walking the talk, so my and body connected. Better come give us a listen. Better come give us a minute or two. Open the box up, we giving you tools. Giving your engine the fuel that it needs. Breathing into it, it's autoimmune. Make a connection, we're stronger in two. Making us one of a kind of a few. Work on the mind, but show me your moves. If you do what you say, you know what to do. 